Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. From the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, knowing that if you need to know what it takes for a home loan to fit your budget and your family, remember, Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Big stuff coming up later on, 10.40 a.m. this morning. Seth Galina going to join us on the show. College football senior analyst for Pro Football Focus. High noon Eastern, Aditi Kinkabwala, NFL Network. I had to put her at the top of the hour because, well, Aditi and I, we're like a couple of hens, and when we get the clucking, we get the clucking for a long time. So I wanted to make sure she had ample time. So coming up at high noon Eastern, Aditi Kinkabwala, NFL Network. Workers shoot 12.20, probably 12.40 p.m. Eastern. And... And, and, and I desperately want to see this go down in the NBA. There's one thing I want to see. It might be a disaster. It might be one of the greatest mixes of all time. Either way, it's going to be entertaining. And I'm going to want to see it in the NBA. Also, I finally found a reason to like John Gruden again. I'm back on the bandwagon. Now, if you listen to this show with any regularity, I'm, I'm going to have to ask Pierno to, to, to pull it down a little bit here. To pull down the music a little bit, because I need I need to talk to you personally. This is not from show host, pontificator, order to 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 listener. It's not that. It's 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 from fan to fan. It's really person to person here for just a quick second. If you listen to this show with any regularity whatsoever, and I, and I've said this a couple of times about a couple of different things. If you listen to this show with any regularity, you know that I'm from Northeast Ohio and I'm a Browns fan. And I don't let that be a secret because I don't care and because I'm not a journalist. And so I can I can have a rooting interest. I root for good stories. I root for good people. I, I root for things that I, I like because I want to be right. I root for things that are going to end up being hopefully fun for shows. I'm allowed to root. I'm allowed to. I don't care. I'm allowed to have guys that I like. I'm allowed to have players that I really, really want to see do well, and I'll end up pulling for them. And even to my own chagrin, If they lose, then I have to deal with the slings and arrows of another fan base. If they lose or they win, I get to kind of put my nose up at them. It's a lot of fun. Case in point last year, speaking of John Gruden, speaking of the Raiders, last year had Derek Carr's brother coming at me along with Raider Nation over what I said about the, at the time, Oakland Raiders and about Derek Carr. They ended up going on, what, a five-game losing streak out of the playoffs? Couldn't help but do a champion's pose. Couldn't help but do a champion's pose over the whole argument with Patriots fans. And, I hell, I like Patriots fans. I got close personal friends who are Patriots fans. Andy Gresh will be on Sunday night. 
He might be a Giants fan. Who the hell cares? But he's in New England. And I had them coming after me over the Antonio Brown stuff. Well, wouldn't you know who won the pony? So there's there's things that I do root for. I, I don't care about drawing it down the middle. That's no fun for me. And any time I talk about, because I am from Cleveland, and I talk about a certain team, there's always kind of tough truths that I have to say. Because while I do root for things to go poorly for this franchise, I know that it's not my fault or it's not their fault that they're so good. It's not their fault that my team has struggled since basically 99. I was still in middle school then. So basically in middle school, it's not their fault that they've struggled. I've had to tell some harsh truths to myself that I didn't want to say. Give respect in places that I didn't want to give. Because remember, to respect something or to hate something, you have must first had to respect it. And so myself as a fan, well, I can tell you unequivocally as a fan that I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers, know that I respect the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I have been as harsh a critic as anybody on Ben Roethlisberger. And I wanted to do this a few weeks ago in the win, in the win that they had against the Tennessee Titans. We just we didn't get to it. I think what we, we started talking about who could kick Mike Vrabel's ass. It just came out of nowhere from a caller, and away we went. And it's amazing how things come full circle. I'm actually going to get to do the Ben Roethlisberger conversation, and because of the rumors with Joe Judge, which are unsubstantiated, I get to ask the Mike Vrabel question later on because we have a surprise opponent of the other 31 NFL coaches who might be able to kick Mike Vrabel's ass that nobody told me a few weeks ago. But that's for much later on in the show around 1.40 p.m. Eastern when Connor Green joins us. But a few weeks ago... After Pittsburgh's win over Tennessee, I thought I saw new Ben and old Ben. New Ben being wiser, works harder, he's studious, he actually gets in the film room and, and knows how to break down a defense, not, not as much devil-may-care, fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants kind of football play. I thought I saw a different Ben Roethlisberger to begin the season. And I saw that new Ben Roethlisberger in the first half against the Tennessee Titans as the Pittsburgh Steelers began to pull away. And then in the second half, as things went in a different direction, old Ben showed up. Dumb Ben. Lazier Ben. A guy who relies on his natural gifts a little bit too much. I always, I, I kind of referred it to the episode of The Simpsons when Nelson Munt starts dating Lisa. And Nelson Muntz is in a jacket and a sweater, and he's actually pronouncing words correctly and reading and, and trying to do the right thing, but still Nelson's going to be Nelson. Ben Roethlisberger's going to be Ben Roethlisberger. Because when I watch Ben Roethlisberger, part of the reason, yes, as a fan, I can't stand the Steelers. Again, I'm talking to you as a pure fan right now. But I have to respect them, and I have to respect their coaches, and I have to respect their organization. I certainly have found a way to respect Ben Roethlisberger as a football player, even though I certainly don't want to. Because when I've watched Ben Roethlisberger, I'll tell you this, I, I've come off disappointed in his entire career. And let me underline that word, disappointed. I see a guy who's six feet five, who has the athleticism to play tight end and maybe even be a guy who can certainly line up in the slot and do other things with, with today's hybrid tight ends. I think that that guy, if he came along and he wanted to be a pass-catching tight end, he could have been the Antonio Gates of his generation, right there with Antonio Gates in his generation. I see a guy who can run like a deer, 
who's six foot five, who has the athleticism and size of a left tackle, of an Andrew Whitworth, of a Joe Thomas, a guy who's so hard to bring down, and I think of him and I see this is or this could have been the greatest quarterback of our generation and in turn maybe the greatest quarterback ever. Instead, it's Tom Brady, and the picture is famous. Tom Brady in his skivvies at the draft where he's, what, 199 pounds, looks emaciated, looks like he doesn't belong in the league, and Tom Brady goes out and becomes the greatest quarterback to ever live because of the hard work, because of the studious nature, because of a way to break down a defense, and the, and the reaction of what teams bring to him where he will continue to drive to be better, to be obsessed, and continue to do that over the course of time. If Ben Roethlisberger had any Tom Brady in him, it would be Ben Roethlisberger with two more or maybe even three more Super Bowls than what he already has, and Tom Brady's numbers of Super Bowls would go down precipitously. I think Tom Brady is still a Super Bowl champion. Does he have six? Absolutely not. If Ben Roethlisberger uses his gifts over his entire career, there is a serious discussion of Ben Roethlisberger as the greatest quarterback who ever lived. The size, the strength, the the arm strength, the capability, the ability in general. But there was always something missing. And I say this as a person who personally, I, I don't care for Ben Roethlisberger. I know the stories, and I think that I want to bring that up coming up in a little bit over this entire soliloquy because I think that's part of the reason why I think the media has been so hard on Ben Roethlisberger here over the last couple of years. I think that Ben should probably have at least two more Super Bowls. You know, the AFC title game against Brady, Ben 31 of 47, 314, a touchdown and interception. Brady so much better, three touchdowns, no picks, 384. I don't mention the 2011 loss in the wild card round versus Tebow in Denver, which is a clear-cut mismatch that Pittsburgh should have won no matter what. I'm not even going to mention 2017 against Jacksonville because Big Ben was good in that game. I don't mention that. And the loss in Super Bowl 45, Rodgers was amazing in that game. Big Ben, pedestrian. And I think if he would have done what Tom Brady has done, what Breeze has done, what what Rodgers has done with the hard work, with, with the study, he'd be the best ever. Now, while I'm disappointed in his career, I'm not going to let my disappointment or my angst or my anger towards Ben Roethlisberger or, 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 or loathsome feeling at times as a fan. Yes, I'll underline the term loathsome. My loathsome feeling towards Ben Roethlisberger while over his career I can look at it as a critic and say, you should have done more, and thankfully as a fan of another team in your division, you haven't. While you should have done more, I can also say with a clear conscience that what is going on this year with Ben Roethlisberger has been patently ridiculous. Spelled the right way, used the right way, what has been put against Ben Roethlisberger through the 2020 season has been patently ridiculous. I think that Ben Roethlisberger is a dislikable person. Over this last year, he seemed to he has seemed to found religion. He has seemed to have found the good book. I'm not going to be the person to go after him about it, but I know that there's plenty of cynics who will always say, well, you know, the Lord is the one you find when people on earth just don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. 
Now, I'm not going to say that about Ben Roethlisberger, but plenty of my media brethren have. And again, I'm coming to you as a person who has been a fan of what is supposed to be the arch rival in the division, except we can't be the arch rival in the division because we haven't been good enough over time. Underline the term we, because I'm still talking to you as a fan of one of the teams that is supposed to hate this guy and hate that organization. But what has been lauded against Ben Roethlisberger at the beginning of this 2020 season through now, through a 9-0 record, has been, underline the term again, ridiculous, unfounded, and has only been used as to me, especially for one of these entities, and I'm going to bring up in three examples here, only to get people talking about them. The first one I'll use, and this is the one I'm talking about, Chris Sims. Comes out with the top 10 QBs right now. And I follow Pony and Muller over in Pittsburgh, and I talk to people in Pittsburgh, and oh, my God, they were upset. Ben Roethlisberger not on this list. Josh Allen is. Lamar Jackson is. Justin Herbert already is. Justin Herbert, my God, he's played in, what, four or five games? Justin Herbert already on this list. Pittsburgh fan was mad. I don't really take much stock in anything Chris Sims says, but I know the Pittsburgh fan was mad over it. Other NFL fans were kind of scratching their head about Ben Roethlisberger. I don't put much stock into what Chris Sims says. I think Chris Sims is a hot take artist and only wants guys like me to say his name, and that's all he really can attain. I respect very little what Chris Sims has has to say about quarterbacks. I don't think Chris Sims is necessarily good at what he does. I don't really think that Chris Sims is really good at talking about quarterbacks. But he got what he wanted. He got my buddy Muller. He got my buddy Pony. I'm sure he got everybody else at 93-7. He got their, their feathers in a ruffle, and off they went, and they were going after him, and all he had to do was just sit back and reap the rewards. More people are talking about him, including me. So guess who wins here? It ain't me, and it ain't Pittsburgh fans. It's guys like him. That's one thing that threw people off, because anybody who watches the NFL this year, just go with your eyes, won't you? Please go with your eyes. Please, I beg you, you know what you've seen with Ben Roethlisberger. Example number two, Andrew Filipponi, my good buddy, who will be on right after me from 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern right here on CBS Sports Radio. Who, again, is based in Pittsburgh, who I don't even think is a Pittsburgh fan. I don't think, I don't think Andrew Filipponi likes anything except for Syracuse basketball. That includes his own friends and family. I don't think he actually likes anything except for Syracuse basketball. But does have a tweet here from November 19th, just a couple of days ago. Pro Football Focus has Daniel Jones graded ahead of Ben Roethlisberger this year, which is true. Not in our eyes. I think Daniel Jones has a great future in the NFL as a running back. I think he's going to be great in this league. Lined up offset eye, maybe old style wing T. I think you can do a lot of great things with Daniel Jones. And in fact, Goodness gracious, next year you look at that 2021 Giants roster with Saquon Barkley coming back with Jones and Barkley in the backfield. You could have a thunder and lightning tandem right there. We're missing common sense. We're missing what we see. Because we know what we see, but we're lying to ourselves. And I'm not talking about fans. I'm talking about guys in the media. Dan Craziano wrote a report from ESPN Plus of the players who could be cut going into 2021. Ben Roethlisberger's on that list. He has a $41 million cap hit. Everything the Pittsburgh Steelers have done has been to enhance Ben Roethlisberger, no matter the money. 
everything they've done has been able to enhance Ben Roethlisberger. You might be able to go and try to get at a cheaper price, but to even put Ben Roethlisberger in that category is patently false. They had their opportunity a couple of years ago. In fact, no, last year they had that opportunity. They decided to trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, which at that time I defended that trade. I thought that was a good trade because I know that they're never going to look past Ben Roethlisberger. They're going to continue to try to make it work with Ben Roethlisberger as he gets older, and they hope he becomes wiser, and they hope that he can spread out the offense, and they hope that he can continue to use Chase Claypool and maybe continue to reinvigorate Eric Ebron's career, even though he has been a disaster in the last two places, at least at the end. But he's continuing to have a renaissance here in 2020. And with hopefully with Juju Smith-Schuster, a three-headed monster, and anybody, if James Conner can ever get it going in the backfield or Benny Snell can ever get going in the backfield, maybe they can have the type of offense that they want. The offensive line has been there. They've been able to cultivate it. And everything the Steelers have done over the last decade since Mike Tomlin has taken over at the end has been for Ben Roethlisberger. And we're going to say that he's going to be a cap casualty at $41 million. Guys, the Steelers are going to make it work. They remember the 80s. That, that's the glory thing about ha- glorious thing about having one of the longest tenured franchises. They learn from their mistakes. They've been around since 1933, the Roonies have. They, they know what their grandfather said. They know what their great-grandfather said. The, the, the kids who are coming up in the family, they know from the mistakes they learned in the family. They went on the road trips. They went, they scouted, they know. They know that you need a quarterback in this league, and even an old quarterback is still better than the great unknown for them. They know. And still we're going to have this silliness about, well, he might be cut after going into 2021. We, we don't know. You're 9-0 right now. This is the conversation. I wanted to tell you at the beginning of this to, 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 to really highlight where I'm at with Ben Roethlisberger because I am a fan of a team that hates him. And as a fan, I have hated him, headset off, telling you the truth from my heart to you. Not my head, my heart to you. I've hated him. I've wanted the worst for him on the football field. I've wanted him to fail. I've wanted this thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers to fail for a very long time. I'm not going to let that cloud my judgment. He's been an unlikable person. At times he has been... I love to use the word cantankerous, but I don't think that really works here. I think that he has been aloof. I think he has been arrogant. He's really been an a-hole in a lot of ways throughout his entire career, has he not? And I think things like this, while the media knows this, these are ways that we could kind of knock that down for Ben Roethlisberger. Trust me, the man is a Hall of Famer. Against what the media really wants, Ben Roethlisberger will be a Hall of Famer. And we can use him for certain aspects of our careers. We can put him down and get people in Pittsburgh upset about it. We can can put him and, quote-unquote, disrespect him in certain ways. But the fact of the matter is this. While I've been disappointed in Ben Roethlisberger's entire body of work, I think that he could have been the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Mark it, underline it, record it, remember it forever. I think he could have been the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I think because of his demons, I think because of his problems, I think because of his arrogance and his overall a-holeness, he will never be able to accomplish that. He is still one of the best of the generation. I have to put the credit there. I cannot, while I don't want to have it, I cannot lack common sense, America. Because when you go across the AFC and the NFC, when the names, the first names that come to your mind, 
Brady, Mahomes, Breeze, Rodgers, Wilson, Roethlisberger. There's not a chance in hell that while guys like us will try to find ways, guys like me on the radio and guys behind the keyboard will try to find ways, and guys in front of the camera will try to find ways to, to keep him in the back in, in the back and away from the forefront. The guy at your grocery store, the guy down there at your Jiffy Lube, those people, the fans, he's one of the first names that come up. And in a 9-0 season, he's not Dilfer. He's not even Brad Johnson. He's not any one of those guys. He is what keeps the Pittsburgh Steelers rolling. And I say that as a hater. I say that as someone who wants to see him fail. What has gone on over the last week in the conversation about Ben Roethlisberger has not just been ridiculous. For some of these entities, it's been downright embarrassing. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Is Ben amongst the best still? Is he still among the top quarterbacks in the NFL? I don't know how 9-0 can't be a part of that, but if you got an argument, go ahead and run it by me. 855-2124-CBS, Seth Galina at 1040. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Roethlisberger so far this year, 22 touchdowns, four picks. It's about as efficient as you can get. The yards didn't have to be too crazy. He's got a good defense around him. I, I'm not going to blast Ben Roethlisberger for having a good defense. Russell Wilson has 2,986 yards right now. Guess who has a better chance of watching the Super Bowl from home? Let's go to the phones. 855-2124-CBS. we got to go quick because we got Seth Galina joining us at 1040. I want to get right to Mike in South Bend. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hello, Mike. Yeah, how about them Irish? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Wait, 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 wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Mike, stay with me, stay with me. Why did you say, yeah. how about them Irish? Do you think that everybody just hates the Irish? You sounded like you were you had a chip on your shoulder there. Well, they're like the Yankees, yeah. You either love them or you hate them, you know. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean what can I say? But, okay. no, I'm a Steeler fan since the early 70s because back in those days we had the Bears or the AFC Central before the Colts moved to Indianapolis. So I grew up watching Terry Bradshaw and the Steel Curtain, and Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Donnie Shell, <laughs> Mel Blunt, all them boys. And and we went without a quarterback all through the 80s, like you were saying, and we didn't have a decent one until Neil O'Donnell and, you know, Jerry Jones paid him to give the Super Bowl to the Cowboys. And I don't know if that's your team or what, but, but you know, hey, um, Roethlisberger's the man. They got rid of Le'Veon Dumbbell and Antonio Clown. You know, they they had a clash of the personalities. And Roethlisberger is a primo you know, he's the quarterback. That's the primo position in the NFL. So you gotta, you know, you gotta keep him. And he's and you know they did good last year without him. You know, eight and eight with third string quarterback named Duck Hodges. You know, <laughs> what can I say? So, no, Mike, you know. Mike, uh, I I wish I could disagree. <laughs> Thank you very much for the call. And we're gonna have calls like that today. I don't even need to do any more segments. I'll just keep taking calls. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Now there was one point in there. I think that there's been times and. And people in Pittsburgh would probably understand. There's actually two things that I wanted to highlight from Mike's call right there. Is one, as a person who, again, it roots for a team that's in the division that does not like and will never like the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Ben Roethlisberger still has gravitas where he walks into a stadium and there is still a thought where, my God. As a person who roots for a team that has seen his little brother, there is still that feeling. I, I said this about the AFC East, and it's why I can't I, – I expected the Bills game to be tight because there's still Belichick over there, and Belichick carries a different aura about him. Even though his team is not that great this year, I expected that Bills game to be tight because it's going to be hard to get over a team like that. Bill Belichick won his first Super Bowl when half of these guys were in kindergarten. Most of these guys were in kindergarten playing for the Buffalo Bills. It's hard to overcome that. And in the division that they're in – Ben Roethlisberger still walks out there. It's number seven. He is a gigantic human being. There is still an aura where you are supposed to lose. They're supposed to win. And you've seen that play out more than a couple of times this year. Where there have been teams that have just crumbled in the face. And the other thing when it comes to Roethlisberger is still in where they're at. They're 8-8. Eight eight. There's been a card. They, they've been 8-8 eight eight before without Roethlisberger. He's gotten them to 8-8. Eight eight. The one time they had, what, an 0-4 star, and I want to remember back in, I think it was 14. I have to go back and check my records here. Uh, they, they start out 0-4. They get to 8-8. Eight eight. There's been times where you know what a franchise quarterback is if he keeps everything afloat and he keeps a guy employed. You know, I brought up Russell Wilson right at the beginning of this before that call. Russell Wilson has 2,900 passing yards. He's kept the Seattle Seahawks afloat. That's why I think he should be an MVP because he's not just kept them afloat. They've been good. They're out to a good record. They'll go to the playoffs. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender because their defense is a sieve. But they'll go to the playoffs. Russell Wilson is doing what franchise quarterbacks, underline that term, franchise quarterbacks are supposed to do. Ben Roethlisberger's done it basically his entire career. He took over with a team of veterans. They worked out the roster because they had to switch over the roster. They went right back and made a splash. They worked out the roster again. They went right back and made the splash. You can look at what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done throughout Ben Roethlisberger's career. He's been through at least three roster upheavals during his time. He's never been under 500. Overall, because there's only two Super Bowls, I think that he's relied too much on his God-given ability, and that to me I think is a disappointment. But to be sitting here in 2020 and not put him amongst the tops, you're either trying to get your name out there which is asinine, you'll eventually get found out for that. Or the other thing is, you just don't want to listen to reason. Or maybe you don't like Ben Roethlisberger, so you're trying to find ways to get around it. And there's reasons to not like Ben Roethlisberger. He's one of the few guys that, yeah, there's some really ugly skeletons in there. I just have to respect the football. That's all. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, Seth Galina. Senior college football analyst, pro football focus, Florida State, Clemson, already canceled. Three hours before the kickoff, they canceled it basically in a weird joint statement from them and the ACC. It was about as vague as it gets that the training staffs couldn't agree on how to play the game. Yeah, I know. You're just going to say 2020 and we're all going to move on. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, Seth Galena. Right now, it's the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-2124-CBS at CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. 855-212-4227. And it's sponsored by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance together. Having a home, it's hard work. So get a quote at geico.com today. It's easy. Coming up at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, Aditi Kinkabwala of the NFL Network. We'll talk NFL with her, but you hear the music. College football is in the air. 
big ones all over the board today and to talk about it all and to talk about Heisman trophies and what could possibly happen for the college football playoff and all these different players out there who are hopefully making their name so they can get to the NFL. Seth Galina joins us on the show, senior college football analyst for Pro Football Focus. Follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Seth. Seth, thanks for joining us this morning, my friend. Thanks for having me. Uh, Pro Football Focus and focusing on these college football players here, how much of can I just ask you something? How much of a mix is paying attention to just the games themselves, seeing which teams are great, and also because it's it's pro football focus, seeing what players could actually matter in the NFL draft for you? What how do you do your work? Well, I, I mean I can tell you that I personally just want to watch college football. And like that's all I really care about is watching good football games. And then we have people, you know, our two kind of like draft guys, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, who do that type of, you know, that transition period from college to NFL. And then we have obviously NFL people there. But I really want to just focus on watching good football games. I want to like treat college players. And I don't do this all the time, but I'd like to treat college players as college football players and not just as future NFL um, millionaires. I think that's that's what I'd like to do, but it doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> Seth Kalina joining us on the show. All right, let's start at Michigan. That's always been the big thing, and then I will hopefully be able to quickly move on. Uh, what do you do if you're Michigan? What do you do if you're Jim Harbaugh? Are we just looking forward to maybe a split during this offseason where you know Jim maybe goes back to the NFL and, and Michigan goes another way, or do they continue to work at this thing? Yeah, I hope Michigan is also trying to uh, – I think they're trying to quickly move on also – um, I'm not, it's, you know, it's six years and at some point, cause one of the problems that I'm seeing now is like, do they have the players in place to play the type of game that they want to play on offense and defense? And I'm not sure that's the case. I can tell you on defense, you want to one run as much man coverage, as much blitz man coverage, you got to be able to hold up on the outside and they absolutely cannot hold up on the outside right now. So either, and if you don't want to, you know, either change your scheme which is not something that Don Brown really does. He's a, he's a great, really good defensive coordinator, but they don't, this is what he does. Or go get better players. And, and I'm not sure you can really, I'm not sure where Michigan is now in the pecking order in the, in the national uh, scheme of things. They're definitely number two uh, by a, quite a big margin in the Big Ten. And, and when, when you're that far away from Ohio State, I'm not sure that uh, that's just, you know, kind of doing what you've always done. Uh, like I said, on offense and defense is going is to work out. Well, I'll tell you this, and I, I think you're right because, you know, going back to the w- loss against Wisconsin last week, this is why it was so jarring for me. You know, you had the loss against Michigan State. Hiccups happened. It was bad. Indiana's a better football team, even though that's probably still inexcusable for Michigan. But the loss against Wisconsin, I'm thinking either, one, your talent is not where it needs to be, especially with a guy like Jim Harbaugh, or two, the guys have quit on you. Either way, that's awful for that program. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying with the talent. It's like, well – and, and I think one of the problems is when, when you have one team and we see it, you know, in the Big Ten with Ohio State, we see it in the ACC uh, with Clemson. When you have one team that sucks up all the resources in terms of, like, you know, recruiting talent, well, you end up with, with inconsistencies on every other roster. So you get a Michigan that will, you know, you know look good and, 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 you know, they play a bowl game against Alabama last year, so they, they obviously won a whole bunch of games last year. But now – all of a sudden you lose a couple of players and, and you can't replenish the way that the way that Ohio State does. So I think you're looking at, you know, in the ACC and the Big Ten, 
you have one elite program, and then you have just a, a lot of teams with, with weird inconsistencies that are going to be up and down each year. And, and it's weird to say that, but that includes Michigan. Yeah. Seth Galina joining us on the show. Florida State, Clemson, they were canceled today. How long is it going to take for Florida State? Do you believe in what they're doing, or is, or is this something that, that could be kind of lost and forgotten for a while here? Uh, it seems like it might be lost and forgotten for a while because I, I think like we knew the offense was going to take some time because you know the offensive line play has been brutal for years, and that takes time to, to rebuild. But we thought the defense could play. And, and the funny thing is, I still believe, and I've said this the whole week really, talking about Florida State, but there's pro bowlers on this defense at, at, at pretty much every level. Uh, inside, uh, outside, there's really good players. They just haven't played as a team the whole season. And that, I think, concerns me the most because if you, if you can't even get your best players to play at the, that level, and like I said, I believe these guys are going to be you know, future stars in the NFL, that is mighty concerning, I'll tell you. <laughs> Seth, well, so is that a Norville problem or, or what type of problem? Because if you're telling me that there's there's NFL caliber players on that team and they're getting beat by bad teams or teams that we don't think are very good teams, I should say, then I mean, it, the guy just started there. How, how does he get these guys rallied down there at Florida State? Because this is as bad as I've seen it. Yeah, you know, this is this is terrible. And I, I, you know what? I wish I had an answer for that. I mean, like I said, I know that they they want to go and rebuild the offensive line because it's been so bad. There's obviously going to be skill position players that you, you know that you can find um, in Florida in that area. And but then it's like, well, you got to have like they have a guy like Tamarion Terry who who is probably an NFL player, probably a good NFL player. Well, who can get him the ball? Like, yeah, no, get him the ball. You know, James Blackman didn't work out. Um, you know, Jordan Travis been been okay, I guess. So it's like the, it's like from top to bottom, this is just a um, uh, incredible rebuild that I don't think anyone you know who's as old as as I am, at least, uh, would have ever expected from Florida State. I was more impressed with Notre Dame about their win over Clemson. I know, you know, there were, there was no Trevor Lawrence, but. You're missing, and they're missing guys in their secondary as well over there at that time with Clemson. But I still thought it was impressive. But I was actually more impressed with Notre Dame that they came back the next week. They Boston College is a tough team. Jeff Halfley's a good coach. They played them tough in the first half, but Notre Dame was able to assert dominance over time. They didn't let them mess around. They didn't have an emotional let up. I became more impressed with Notre Dame after last week than I was even against Clemson in the win at South Bend. Do you take Notre Dame seriously, or is it just this wait until the ACC championship game where most people think they're going to lose that ACC championship game more than likely? Well, to me, it all depends on the play of Ian Book because like, there's, there's a really good football team around Ian Book in South Bend. Offensive line, maybe, you know, top, for sure top five in the country, maybe the best in the country. Uh, tight ends are really good. Obviously, receivers haven't really broken out. And, and we, not that we expected them to, but, but you know, they haven't um, maybe developed that much. Defense is great. You have a lot of playmakers on the defense. Um, again, they haven't, like, put it together so much on defense, but I think there's a lot of playmakers on there that, that um, it could gel. But it, it comes down to, to the quarterback. And, you know, um, I looked at recently, uh, yesterday, I looked at, you know, we have our grading system. So we looked at Ian Book versus Power 5 opponents. 
his first 31 games, he had a 80 plus grade uh, once, and that was against Stanford in 2018. Uh, the last two weeks, he's had two 80 plus games, and that, like you said, Clemson and Boston College. So he's both. We know he's inconsistent. He's been inconsistent his whole career. And now all of a sudden, last two games are his two best games of all time, um, you know, given competition uh, that, that they've played. So if he keeps playing like this, and, and, and especially what you saw against Clemson with him pushing the ball down the field, you got, you know, like they got speed. Like I said, not great receivers, but they got speed. Push the ball down the field and, and take some chances instead of just throwing a drag route every other play. Uh, and I think the, the, if he can do that, if he can do that, which is still up in the air, I think, and then they have a chance to beat Clemson again in, in the title game. Seth Galina joining us on the show. USC, I don't want to ask just a general question, well, is USC for real? But, hey, Clay Elton, they're playing tough games. They're playing teams. Like, what is this, three straight teams that they'll play today with Utah that they have no tape on? Is I think, I got to tell you, I don't think Clay Helton's the right guy for the job. I don't think he's L.A. enough. And that's just something radio show hosts say, Seth. Let's be serious. But he's doing a hell of a job so far this year. Let me give the guy credit where it's due. And, and you know what? Like, the schedule sets up, again, besides what, what, what you said, which is always a weird situation that, you, that, we, that we're seeing a lot this year, uh, a lot of weird situations in college football, um, you know, not having tape on anybody. But um, the schedule does set up nicely. You know, they don't have to, uh, you know, the pop maybe play Oregon, in, 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 a, in a title game, but, but before that, they got no one. You know, they took, they took away, you know, the two young quarterbacks in the league were pretty good in, in Arizona's Grant Gunnell and, and Arizona State's James Daniels. So, and they have, they have the best quarterback potentially in, in, in the conference. Now, he, you know, Slovis has to take a little better care of the football um, in terms of throwing into coverage and not throwing, you know, throwing to his receivers and not the other team's linebackers. But besides that, uh, super accurate, kind of, you know, understands where to go with the football, even if he is trying to throw it into a very tight window, sometimes it doesn't work out. But there's something, you know, great offensive line. You know, Bear Tucker has, has, has been great at tackle for them. Uh, playmakers are there. You know, the Drake London kid, the tight end, uh, it looks amazing. So, there's a lot uh, to do there. And then, uh, you know, it's a weird season. It's a one-game season for them. Assuming they get out of the, they get out of their division, it's a one-game season with them in the title game, and then who knows? All right, BYU. This is, I think this is one of the most underrated storylines. I, I shouldn't have waited until the end to ask it, but this is one of the most underrated storylines of the week. The Pac-12 is going to allow them to schedule non-conference games to try to catch up with other ones. I think this is a golden opportunity for BYU – with their quarterback, Zach Wilson, to show that they're actually for real and to maybe get a little bit more respect than what they already have. Who would they need to schedule? Give me a team they need to schedule, a team they need to beat to get real consideration from the college football playoff committee. Or is it just too little too late? No, I, don't, I, I certainly don't think it's too little too late. If, if they go and beat, look, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but if they go and beat USC or, or Oregon uh, or Washington, then, then you have to look at them as a real team. Because they've dominated. This isn't like they've, they've uh, you know, beaten the – you know, they had a little trouble with Texas San Antonio earlier in the season. But besides that, they've absolutely dominated everyone they played against. You know, we thought Boise State was going to be a, a battle. That didn't end up being a battle. That was a blowout too. So, yeah, no, this is a really good team. And, I look, I, I'm on board uh, the, the put, put either BYU or Cincinnati in the playoffs 
look, they might get blown out. I don't know. Uh, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Florida, those are, those are good teams. They might get blown out. But you just want to see someone else than, you know, Ohio State, uh, Alabama, Clemson in the uh, – in the uh, in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they get a good game schedule against a Pac-12 team and then BYU, to tell you the truth, I hope BYU beats them and they go to the playoffs. 60 seconds, Seth. Does Cincinnati have a shot in hell? I don't think they have a shot if they have to play against like Ohio State or Alabama, but I think they're definitely going to, I, I love this team. I absolutely love this team. Love teams that can just go there and play, they show up, they play man coverage, they shut you down on defense, they do a little funky stuff with their fronts. Um, and then offense, they start to turn around the past few weeks. They're throwing the ball down the field. Desmond Murray looking like a real quarterback the past four weeks. I'm excited for this team, but no, I think even if they do make it to the playoff, it, it's, it'll be a steep hill to climb. Seth, we thank you very much for the time. Follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Seth. Take care, bud. Thanks, dude. Seth Galina, senior football, senior college football analyst, pro football focus. Again, follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Seth. Good stuff from him. I got to get into the Michigan stuff next. I, I, Everybody likes Cincinnati. Everybody likes BYU. People people pull for an underdog, especially in a year like this, because we like these type of stories. And BYU, I, I give them credit. To be able to reschedule everything, to be willing to take on all comers, even though you're taking on a team like North Alabama and things like that, you got to get scheduled what you can get scheduled. I think it has been a credit to them. I think it's been a credit to their staff. I think it's been a credit to their team. Zach Wilson is basically one of the big-time talks of the country. I think Dane Brugler had him where? And the top six, top seven? I want to say is where Dane had him going in the NFL draft. Might even be higher than that. So I, I do want to see BYU kind of get a schedule against maybe an Oregon, maybe a USC, see if they can find anything scheduled there, put one down on paper, boom, we won this game, we deserve to be there, or at least get everything else quiet because they might have lost. Eight five five two one two four cbs Up next, top five subject, and apathy's worse than anger especially in college football. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 